Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. Today, we're talking about The Gilded Age, which recently concluded its first season on HBO Max. And my guest is set decorator Regina Graves. Regina, welcome back to Below the Line. Thank you for having me again. Regina, you've joined me for a couple of times when we talked about the Oscars, but this is the first time we've talked about one of your projects. I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here, too. And a warning for listeners, spoilers are possible. So The Gilded Age, this was a major production. Tell me a little about getting involved. Like, What brought you into this project? Well, to be honest, I've worked with the production designer, Bob Shaw, multiple times. And um, when we were finishing up The Many Saints of Newark, he mentioned this project to me. He was um, He was considering doing the Gilded Age, but back then um, it was hooked up to NBC with a different producer. And then the show kind of went away for a little while and then it came back with HBO. Um, And Bob was considered again and then ended up taking the job. And um, he asked me and I thought this was a a really great project. I love the whole, I love period shows i love decorating them and this was really interesting because i love that of course from doing the nick even though this is a little bit earlier um it's kind of sort of the same but not the same and i was totally interested i love doing big builds i love really big costume dramas like this and so i was just on board as soon as they asked me well regina as you mentioned we'll come back to it you also did the nick another uh turn of the century new york based project. Uh, For this one, talk to me more about the challenges of doing a period piece. In other words, this is set in 1882, I believe. It is. So talk to me more about the challenges of doing a period piece like this. All right. So the challenges for set deck, especially, um, I guess the challenges for the art department on a whole is, you know, this is, this is set in 1882. And, um, you know, it's the whole show is, is the new money versus the old money. What people don't understand is we're trying to recreate this new home for the Russells, that they're they're moving in, they're the new money, everything is supposed to be really grand and extravagant, and we're building these enormous, enormous sets for them. So you have to have the right, the right antiques, the right furnishings, the right textures, the right lighting, the right, uh, you know, wall treatments, curtain treatments, I mean, everything has to be right. And to find, find something old that's new um, is really hard. And it's also really hard for the type of antiques that we needed to fill, especially um, Bertha's home, the Russell home, are very, really expensive. And as, as you know, we have a, we had a large budget, but our budget can only go so far. So you really have to be mindful of what you buy. And um, it's just a challenge on the scale of, of what we can purchase to make it look the way it should look on screen. To, to have this real um, effect that yes, you walk in and oh my God, it, it's just mind blowing. The house is, is you know gorgeous and it reeks of money. That was our biggest challenge. Talk to me about the decision to find something that's period versus make something to, to look period. Well, especially in the Russell home, um, there were, we did purchase a lot of antiques. So I would say maybe 50-50 of what, you know, what we purchased were, were authentic antiques. And we would, some, sometimes we found things that were in pristine condition and we were able to use it as, as is. 
in in other cases, we we found great pieces that we refinished and reupholstered. But when we have to build things like for the in the dining room, for instance, the dining room table, uh, when it was at its max, I think at one of the grand, you know, the, the bigger parties at, at its max, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 20 feet long. And because of the way we shoot things, it had to be custom built. It had to be designed by one of our um, art directors. Then it was built by our construction department. And it was built so that it would break down in sections of five feet for the camera. So, you know, if we wanted a 20 foot table, we had a 20 foot table. If we wanted a 15 foot table, then it was broken down to a 15 foot table. So something like that, we had to custom build. The other thing was the dining room chairs. We had to have those all custom made because we needed 24 matching chairs that, you know, had to look beautiful. All of, all of the light fixtures in, in Bertha's house, they were all custom fabricated because of the size of them and the grandness of them. Um, a lot of the artwork has to be sized and, and custom uh, printed and framed. So that's kind of our challenge. You know, those are our big challenges. And when you're talking about these expensive antiques to integrate with shooting, I mean, is there an extra sensitivity to the set in these circumstances, do you think, with the shooting crew? Or do you just just full full speed ahead and hopefully everything works out? Well, it, it's kind of both. You know, I think everyone is really mindful of, you know, what we have on set. Uh, our on-set dressers always have their radar up because sometimes people do sit on the furniture with tools in their pockets, you know, or eating their breakfast burrito somewhere. Or, you know, you see like an electrician climbing through our window, through our like beautiful silk curtain sometimes. <laughs> um, but all in all, everyone is very, very respectful of, of what's on set. I mean, when you're when you're stepping on like a $14,000 rug, um, you know, you, you just have to be. I think everyone's everyone's really good about it. Now, this street where most of the action takes place, uh, it's again, New York in the 1880s. Did you guys build that from scratch or was this some combination of visual and, and practical work? Well, it was a combination. So they built... We built that up at the, um, I think it's like the Aviation Museum out in, uh, out near Bethpage. And we built the street and we built one, I think it was like two stories of, of the homes. So the first two stories were built all the way down and then, you know, visual effects came in and added the rest. But it was a really big build and, you know, they came and they, they dug the street and they, you know, poured all the concrete and, we had to do all the window treatments and all the glass. So what you see for the first two stories are it was all built. Now the story itself, as as uh, anyone who's seen it is aware, one of the big conflicts is this old money versus new money. And I'm curious. We talked about the two different houses on opposite sides. From a set decorator's perspective, if I watch it again, what would I look for to notice the difference inside those two houses? I think what you would notice um, right off is that. The Van Ryn house, uh, Agnes and Ada's house, is the typical brownstone. The rooms are smaller. Um, there's more of a, you know, the the wood. We wanted to do like the wood uh, carved um, furnishings. Everything is kind of dark. The fabrics are really dark. The light fixtures are really big and grand. But um, there's just like a different texture, a different feeling, a different warmth to it all as when you go to uh, the Russell home, it, everything is kind of really large and the colors that we use are very cool. And you could see kind of the, the Van Ryn house also 
has wall-to-wall carpeting. Um, and again, I think you feel it, it feels much smaller, much more contained, warmer, as opposed to the other home. Kind of reflects their personalities too. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about uh, favorite sets, or you know, which rooms? Um, did you really have a good time putting together? If, if there's any, I mean, they're all your children, I know, oh. but what are, which ones are your favorites? Uh, the funniest thing is that my favorite set is probably, or is the, the, um, Van Ryan, the basement where the, the help, um, are that that's, that's like my favorite set out of all of it. I love, um, I don't know. We just, I just had a lot of fun in there, you know, with the kitchen and the layering of like all the different pots and the, and the crockery and, you know, putting all the stuff in the cabinets and there's, there are things you don't even see, but we filled all the cabinets up with sheets and, you know, cleaning items. And it just felt like the most lived in real space for me. And it was the most fun. And I just love the way it came out. You know, and that's another theme of the show is the upstairs, downstairs aspects. But of course, you're talking about a, a, an area where they uh, eat and work, but also is represented all of the luxury that is going to make its way upstairs. But talk to me more about decorating for the space where the help is versus the grandiose aspects upstairs. Well, like you said, the, we're, when decorating for like where the help was, everything had to have a function. And the directors had a big hand in that. I mean, they wanted spaces for all the help to work and like different different areas called out. So we had a space for like where they would put all the oil lamps and where they would change, um, you know, the wicks or, or change the oil for the oil lamps every day. We had another section, which was supposed to be where they kept all of their vases. So when they had to put floral arrangements out, there was another section in the hallway, um, like I said, that were full of like sheets and and blankets and pillows and things like that. And then in the back, there's some things you didn't even see. Like we had, um, you know, in the back where they kept like the china that they brought up on a daily basis when they had to serve breakfast in bed or um, luncheon scenes. And then in the front we had, you know, where all the spices and things were kept. So everything had a function in that kitchen. There was, if you look around the whole room, there were, there were spaces and everything meant something in that space. Well, we talked about that downstairs space being one of your favorites. Regina, are there any specific objects that you fell in love with? In other words, do you, when you find something that you think, wow, I really want to make sure this ends up on camera. Okay. Yes. Usually um, I find something I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is great. Or I have like, I picture it somewhere. So one thing I really fell in love with was um, this pheasant, a stuffed pheasant that I said, it just, from day one, I was like, it, it has to go over um, Bannister's little desk area down in the, uh, in like the, the helps quarters. And I remember Bob coming in, we hung it up and, you know, we were like, Oh, this look really looks great. I don't know why I was like so attached to it, but <laughs> Bob, the designer came in, he goes, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know about that. I was like, no, we have to keep it. We have to keep it. So I don't even know if it made it into any of the shots, but it's there, it's hanging there. And it just made me really happy. Um, <laughs> but I usually fall in love with some silly thing like that, that just has to make it in the set. So I was watching the show, I knew you'd worked on it, and so paid a little more attention to normal. And certainly, there's so much glamour, and it really is leaning in. You talked about having a large budget. The show is intent to lean in on that as well, right? And does that give you a little more freedom as a set decorator? It does. It, it gives you a little bit more freedom um, when you have a bigger budget. But it's crazy because you think, wow, I have all this money, and and you know I could do so much with it. But then you find out, 
you know, how much fabric you need for like all the walls in, in Bertha's bedroom and, and, you know, um, how much does fabric cost? Cause it has to be silk, you know, from Italy and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you have to have all these curtains made and then just like cha-ching, ching, everything just keeps ringing up, ringing up. And then the money is, you know, you're, it, everything's expensive these days. And it's just as much as you have is, is probably as much as you're going to spend. So in a sense, it's, you know, helpful. But then, in, I mean, I, I worry every day that, or when I was filming that, like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm just going to run out of money at some point. We're never going to have the look that we need um, to achieve to, to make it, um, you know, as grand as it's supposed to be. Now, earlier you mentioned working on the Nick, and we were talking about the uh, Showtime show from 2014-2015, also set in New York uh, at the Knickerbocker Hospital, uh, I think right at the turn of the century, 1900. Coincidentally, when I was watching The Gilded Age, as impressed as I was, it did occur to me that I think I prefer my turn-of-the-century New York to be more like The Nick. Like, there's a certain gritty aesthetic. Having worked on both, talk to me about how the different aesthetics of these shows affects your approach as a set decorator. Well, like you said, um, it was a grittier New York. And I felt in that, I mean, we had a, I think I had a lot more freedom. We had a lot more freedom to do different things. But also, I mean, that did have a certain look. Like we had, we had the rich families and we had like the middle class families. And of course, we had so many tenements that we did. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't on the level of like the upper east side that, that we were doing on this show. Um, but the Nick, I mean, that was just, you know, that I just love so much. It was one of my favorite shows to work on because there was so, so much. And it was, there were so many layers of, of things to put in, in the sets. And they were just, it was, like you said, it was grittier. We had all the street scenes. We had all the different hospitals and it was just a a bigger, we didn't, there weren't any um, limits, put it that way to what we could do. Um, So it was a really, a a really fun show to, to work on. And it's interesting just with the general approach, because there is some visit to parts of New York in the Gilded Age that are not as gilded, but they don't feel as dirty, maybe even as the upper stuff that I saw in the Nick, if that makes any sense. Like, it seems like just the general approach was a certain look that carries over even when you're crossing that boundary. Yes. Totally. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I, like you're saying, like the Robertson's home, we shot that in, a, in like the Barnum mansion. But we redid all of that. And like, and again, like that was more, that was coming from like a Victorian aesthetic. It wasn't like this big grand mansion. So like the Robertsons probably were like the older money of New York. And it still wasn't as gilded, like you said, as, as like the Gilded Age, like the Astors or like the Vanderbilt homes. Um, So even though they were like the upper, upper tier of New York society, you know, I think it was more, we had like their home. Um, had more of a um, traditional Victorian feel, if that makes any kind of sense. But um, you know, there were there was just more to it, and even even the doctors, like Thackeray's home, and I think we had another uh, Dr. Gallinger and Algernon. It was just different. The whole look of it was different. Well, Regina, we'll treat this as a teaser. We could do a whole episode on the Nick show. I would love to rewatch just to dive in deeper. But we are experimenting with shorter episodes here below the line, so I think we'll call that a wrap. Great having you here. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners, these shorter episodes are an experiment, and I'd be grateful for your feedback. So if you want to get in touch with me or learn just more about the podcast, please visit our website, onelineoneword.biz. That's B-I-Z. You'll find contact info, past episodes, and links to all of our social media. 
Regina, what shout outs do you want to give? What are, you, what are we going to see your work next? Um, I'm currently working on a TV show based on a video game called Fallout, um, which is set in a post-apocalyptic America. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to do that. I'm, I'm working with Howard Cummings again from The Nick and a lot of the same art directors and prop people from The Nick. And I'm really excited to do it. Something uh, futuristic and different from what I've done in the past. Regina, we're going to put a pin in that as well, all right, as a tease for a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. My shout-outs are for the regular bunch. Thanks to Curtis Vive for our music, John Juan for our logo, and to all of our listeners, I appreciate you. Please rate us wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends. Thanks again from Below the Line. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm forgetting his name. The head, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. I just worked on this. It's okay. Um, listen, I, listen I, I just watched it. I, the head I, butler. The head butler in the Van Rijn home. Uh, let me, you know, I'll fix this in post. Let me check him real quick. Um, dun, dun, dun. Is it Church. Van? Church, thanks. Yeah, I was almost there. Yeah. Right. Is it Church? Let's see. He's, Church is the rich family, is the Bannister. Oh, so he's butler. Bannister. <laughs> so, yeah. So then it's uh, Bannister and Church. Those are your options. So All right. I'll do that <laughs> one over then. Let me, okay. let me do that over. <laughs> yeah, you got it.